0: Hi, I'm Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. Personally, I'm still recovering from Sunday night's episode of Euphoria. Uh, Oh, my God. It was so good. You know, that show is, I love it. It's not always, like cohesive it's always beautiful it's always stylistic it's uh, the aesthetic is always amazing there's always a lot of great moments and scenes and amazing performances but like sometimes as if you were judging it as like a whole episode of television it it doesn't always come together but that's okay I don't think it's like that's fine um I I don't even necessarily mean it as a not it's like very good at what it, it is doing in some ways but again sometimes it's like drawing a through line of plot and things coming together. I, I, there there could be some more notes on that. Um, maybe because one person is writing the whole thing. I don't know. That's a different story. But Sunday Night's episode was a beautiful episode of television. It was so anxiety ridden. I cannot imagine being as talented as Zendaya is at anything. And she's so talented at many things. She That performance, she will win every award. She should win every award. It was fucking phenomenal. It was gut wrenching. It was stressful. It was heartbreaking. It was addiction. It was. I mean, whew, she blew up other people's lives. I mean, Sydney Sweeney is having an, an amazing season too. But Zendaya, holy shit! I mean, it really. I like really still kind of have a anxiety stomachache over it. But it's incredible. Speaking of awards. We got Oscar nominations this week. I'm very excited about some things in, in like the we have notes category. You know, they, I love award shows. I I have gotten less obsessed with them over the two years of the pandemic, but you know, I'm always into it. There's going to be a ton of articles online there. You can from critics who have seen everything and can talk m- more eloquently than I about snubs and all that kind of stuff. But who didn't get stubbed? My girl Kristen Stewart. If you know me, you know I have been defending Kristen Stewart like she is my little sister for the entirety of her career. I love her. She is so talented. She's always been talented. I love how much more comfortable she feels in interviews and stuff now. And I understand why she didn't before. I think she was so young. She was so famous. So much spotlight. She's the fucking coolest. She's so good in Spencer. I don't think that movie is perfect, but I think she's wonderful. And again, I will fight people as if she is a member of my family, which means I will fight to the death. Um, big week for Team Twihard over here. Our pat got a really hot GQ photo shoot and cover because, you know, he's going to be the Batman, which I will see because Robert Pattinson is in it and Zoe Kravitz is in it. And I'm excited about that. I still think Olivia Coleman's going to win that Oscar in the Best Actress category, but very happy for K-Stew. Very happy for Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons, one of the best couples in Hollywood, both nominated for their film in their respective categories. Real redemption for Jesse for having to suffer through that real rough spot in season two of Friday Night Lights. Um, I love them. Uh, watch. Her video about their house on Arc Digest, like her response, like she was like, I was screaming and the kids were like, what are you doing? Like this when the announcements came out and Jesse had been at work early. So she called him and she's I mean, I, who doesn't want the best things for Kiki Dunst? Like who does? We all do. Another couple, Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem are nominated. I enjoy that as well because I enjoy them, even though I did not enjoy his movie being the Ricardos. I didn't like it. I mean, he's he's fine, good in it. Nicole's good in it, but like, eh, I don't like it. And I haven't seen Penelope's movie, but like she really doesn't do anything I don't love. So I got to catch up on that. Licorice Pizza got nominated for Best Film, which I love, no Alana Haim, but that would have been a surprise. But it would have been cool because you know how I feel. Like I want to, Kristen's a member of my family. I want to be a member of the Haim family who are all in the movie. Um, But also no Gaga no Love for House of Gucci, and that is, I think, the right choice. I was very entertained by that hot mess of a film. It should not be nominated for, like, Academy Awards. Um, and I realized I've got a lot was Oh, I'm super excited for Ingenue Ellis and Will Smith and King Richard, Denzel. I haven't seen The Macbeth yet, but um, I will be seeing it. And, and Beyoncé is nominated for her song in King Richard, which is not her best song ever. Or slash even a great song if you, like, compare it to her whole catalog, but we love... Academy Award nominee, Beyonce Knowles-Carter. And it really works well for the movie. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal for Adapted Screenplay. That's awesome. And Jesse Buckley got a nomination for The Lost Daughter, along with Olivia Colman, which the Jesse Buckley nom was a little bit of a surprise, and she's really good in that movie. I'm still, like, haunted by that movie. Billie Eilish and Phineas for Best Song for No Time to Die also. And then there's some things I realize I've really got to catch up on. I really got to watch Belfast. I got to watch The Worst Person in the World, which everyone is raving about. I need to watch Drive by Car. I will get on all of those things. So those are my quick thoughts on the Oscar noms. And then we also got ooh, the Conversations with Friends trailer. Oh, you guys, I'm very excited about this. Um, of course, I first saw it as posted on Joe Alwyn's Instagram, Joe Alwyn is a great actor and a very handsome and tall man who happens to date someone named Taylor Swift. I'm very excited. He looks very hot in this. Obviously, it's like, it's a Sally Rooney adaptation. I loved, I loved this book. As we all know, if you listen, I didn't love her newest book, but I love Normal People. I loved the adaptation of Normal People. It's like a lot of the creative team behind that is on this one. It looks very, obviously, There's sex. And sadness. I mean, it's Sally Rooney. Um, Joe looks so good. There's, like, a moment when it looks like he's going down. And if I was better and younger at, like, video clips and TikTok and stuff, I would splice that together with a clip from one of the best Taylor Swift songs, um, Cruel Summer, where she goes, He looks up grinning like a devil. Yeah. It's... So sexy. I'm so into it. We also stan a talented king who doesn't feel like he has to advertise who he's dating all the time and just, he just is in a relationship with someone he loves. Doesn't have to walk around in merch and stuff. Um, We love him. I'm very excited about that. And one last thing before we get to the episode today, um, Tristan Thompson was traded to my NBA team, the Indiana Pacers. And that's just a hard no. We don't want you here, Tristan Thompson, for many reasons, including basketball reasons, but mostly like no. So ladies of Indianapolis, if you are listening, do not sleep with Tristan Thompson. Definitely don't sleep with Tristan Thompson without a condom and let him get you pregnant and then try to deny that he slept with you and got you pregnant. Because that's what that motherfucker does, even when he has a girlfriend. Even if that girlfriend is Khloe Kardashian. So that's that. We don't want your cheat and lying ass here, Tristan. I don't even think you're that good at basketball anymore. But what is good is this conversation I have today with my friend Jen Dahl, who is a fabulous writer, and we are going to get into a lot of things, including some Dawson's Creek, some Babysitter's Club, lots of good stuff. So we will be right back with Jen. Once again, this week, I was a huge fan of my guest writing before we actually met and became friends. Truly, Jen Dahl is one of my most favorite wordsmiths. So when I and a small group of colleagues moved from Marie Claire over to Cosmo to give that old horny girl a new voice almost a decade ago, I cold emailed Jen to see if she wanted to write for me. We soon met to talk over ideas um, with a few glasses of wine and a friendship was born Also, I really miss expense accounts. But Jen is the loveliest of humans and so accomplished. I really honestly can't even believe she said yes to writing for me at Cosmo. She has written for like every place you'd want to be published. The Atlantic, Elle, Esquire, Glamour, The New York Times, The Toast, New York, The Village Voice, and so many more. And she's also written three books. Save the Date, an amazing memoir told through the lens of 17 weddings she attended, which was deeply, deeply relatable to me unclaimed baggage a wonderful ya novel about three teens one summer in small town alabama and her newest book that's debatable which comes out in june and we will talk about a little bit and centers around debate club drama and i cannot wait to read it jen has the most astute observations about culture pop and otherwise and is one of the wittiest funniest people i know the second i saw her tweet about the possible career trajectories of dawson and pacey i knew we had to talk about it here and while I think we both wish we were going to have this conversation over wine and French onion soup at the Odeon bar, I'm so excited to get into so many things. Please welcome my delightful friend, Jen Dahl.
1: Hello. Hi. Jen. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh my gosh, I miss you. And I miss I those miss French you. fries. And... Oh my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, I feel like we would go from like, we'd
1: have like, after know, like two meals to, yeah, <laughs> to dinner to We would. <laughs> uh, it's like a, a vague, foggy dream at this point. Um, right?
0: Like, was that our life? Was uh, that real life? I
1: think we would meet at like five or something yeah. because yeah. the bar would be pretty empty and we could get a seat and then we would leave at, I don't know, like 10, 11? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That uh, sounds about right. That was so great. Oh, those were the, the days. We'll have to do it or again. We will. And I also was thinking um, also Scratcher. That also yes. makes me think of you, <laughs> well, I
1: Miss Scratcher. And Scratcher, that other weird—it wasn't weird; it was great. But there, w- there was a bar in Tribeca we would go to sometimes that wasn't Odeon, oh, and it was. Yeah. Like, remember that place? Yeah. Um, anyway, that place was great too. I can't remember anything else. I about can't it.
0: remember. I uh those were. I mean, and Scratcher was on my old block that I used to live on in like uh, 2001. So like Scratcher. that, Scratcher. You know, well, uh is it I, still there? Did it yes, survive the pandemic?
1: That, I heard that the owner of Scratcher is like this person who, I think he's this Irish guy who doesn't care about making any money. He just always oh. wants the bar to be open. That's what I heard from someone. And so, oh you know, thank you, guy. You're amazing. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> thank you.
0: A New York treasure. He yes, just wants
1: absolutely. the bar. That's yes, absolutely. Like That's one of those places oh. where... The wine was bad, but
0: it was so good. Bad. You, so know? Good. you just like, like you throw some ice cubes in that cheap white wine because yeah. yeah. you will drink a cheap white wine with me, and you will oh. drink a nice white wine with me. And I, yes. we both enjoy they the, both the have full a range place. <laughs> <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> they they do. are
1: necessary, you know, high Ugh. and low.
0: Yeah. yeah, we run we run you know the gamut. Like it's fine. <laughs> we're not too we're not too snobby for a shitty white wine in the East Village. Absolutely not. I would
1: probably cut off a finger for it right now, but um, oh, but I need God. my fingers. <laughs> I, you do for
0: all the, of your writing <laughs> for all
1: of my writing. Um, but also it's funny because when you were assigning, uh, I, you know, you approached me about writing for Cosmo, and I'm thinking. What year was that? Like, uh, it must have been
0: after it was like,
1: Save the Date came out or like around that time, right? Like,
0: I think it was like around, like, I think you'd written it. Yeah. Well, so like we, so Joanna, well, I remember this part so clearly because when, so I was, you know, at marie Claire and then. Joanna Coles, who was the editor in chief, she Mm -hmm. she told us she was going to Cosmo. And at first I didn't know who was going to go with her and if she was going to ask me to go. And she did whatever, et cetera. But the day she told us she and I were supposed to be flying that evening to North Carolina for the Democratic National Convention in 2012. Uh So she told us like that. Fall, late summer, fall. Whenever that Democratic convention was, the 2012 one because we, uh-huh. we were gonna yes, and and I'm like, we're like on the plane, and I'm like, so big day, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and then she was like, well, I want you to come with me, and I was like, okay, cool, we'll talk about it. So then, by the time everything got settled in, it was probably like early twenty thirteen. Yeah, And I was like, yeah, 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 emailing you. That Does that make sense.
1: sense? Totally, because uh, save the date came out in twenty fourteen. So. Um, at least I think it came
0: out in 2014. I'm pretty. Sure. I remember sitting. I remember you bringing me a copy at the Odeon Bar.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ooh. I mean, and that just feels like so long ago at this point, even though it wasn't. But it was in a lot of ways. Um,
0: I mean, in our lives, it was, and yeah. I mean,
1: in like the framework of society, I mean, it was. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when's the last time
0: I went to a wedding? Oh. So crazy. That is crazy. Well, you you got married, so that's I got exciting. married.
1: Um, I got married in 2019. I should know this for sure, twenty nineteen, <laughs> and uh, we were, you know, luckily, yeah, we had a wedding in our backyard upstate, um, and probably like a hundred and twenty people were here. So it was pre pandemic wedding, yeah, scenario, that's nice. yeah, and then um then everything happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so, it's so crazy. Cause like everything happened. So like socializing, whatever we haven't been doing, but then thinking about save the date and like the stories, like I said it, to anyone who hasn't read it, I highly recommend, but like, it was like, you were like a serial guest at weddings yeah. and then you told kind of your story and this, and this story through all these different weddings you went to, which was you know, everyone goes... Well, most people go through that phase of life where you really are at a fucking wedding, like, every weekend. And then you yeah. get to a point in your life where you, like, don't really go to weddings anymore.
1: Yeah, and you're like, and wait, it's crazy. I kind of miss that, even though you were so annoyed about it when it was happening. Yeah, Um I
0: miss it a little bit. Like, I'd throw me a wedding once in a while, Yeah, you know?
1: Especially now, just, like, get dressed <sighs> up, go to a party. <sighs> uh, like Uh
0: What a dream that would be. I mean, feel- obviously, if it was safe and all that stuff, but, like, right. if, it, if it could be a non... Uh if non-pandemic, just thinking about exactly. like a party with c- cute clothes and all your a bunch of friends and a bar and a yeah. DJ or a band, like what?
1: Also the sense of having fun without this sort of um responsibility and fear, which maybe is just like a huge entitlement that we used to have, which was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. just the idea to walk into a place and see a bunch of friends and not be like, oh my gosh are we okay? Are we being safe? Are we, you know, should we be wearing masks? What should we be doing? Uh, yeah, but like, we will possibly never live without that again. This has I been, know. you know, hopefully we will shift back into like a more, um, casual sort of existence, but, but we're not going to forget. I hope I don't think we no. should forget.
0: No, we mm. shouldn't forget. But also I'm like, Oh, right. Cause I'm going, I'm I was saying I'm going to New York tomorrow and I was like, okay, and then we're just gonna eat outside. Yeah,
1: right. February. Like uh...
0: Like, who would have thought? Like we'd be like, okay, like we're gonna eat outside and um it's the first week in February, and you're just like awesome. Great, I can't wait to see you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There will be heaters, it's fine. Yeah. You're like, we never would have done this before, but
0: um, humans are very adaptable.
1: So that's good, I guess. Yeah. Uh yeah. You know, the thing about save the date that's funny is like. Um, I feel like in writing it, I was trying to challenge the kind of bridezilla-ness of like, like, yeah. it isn't just, you know, the bride's story or the groom's story. It's everyone's story. Everyone is going and participating in this experience, right? So like, we're yeah. all going to have stories related to it. And we all bring our stories and our, our realities to events that we attend. And I, some people got so mad about that. Like, how dare you challenge the autonomy of the bride, you know, like, and I think as some people got it. And, um, also there was like a ton of drinking in that book because if you take into like, well, you know, I drink a lot
0: as we've yeah. discussed, <laughs> like, same, 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 no there shame were
1: times when I was drinking perhaps more than I should have. And those were often at weddings. Um, yeah, same, (laughs) but it's, it's funny to think about that book and like, okay, that was 2014 and now it's 2022. God, we're like going to come up on a decade. I don't know. I, I, I hope that it still resonates for people. I feel like sometimes maybe it, uh, it could age better than it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it could age well.
0: I don't know. I think there's something very universal to being, um, like everyone has kind of felt like that and and you're you're single or, or in varying stages of like having a boy, mm-hmm. you know, like you're unmarried right yeah. throughout the the experience of those. And so many of us can relate. I, I, I found it so relatable because you've been at a wedding when you're completely unattached. You've been at a wedding yeah. where you bring a boyfriend, you've been at a, or a partner or girlfriend or whoever, Um and you've been at, I was a, I was the queen of like a wedding weekend relationship oh, for a yeah. while yeah, yeah, yeah. where it was like a, that very intense, like people are like, Oh, how long have you been dating? And it's like, we hooked up at the rehearsal dinner and now <laughs> right. we're basically like a couple and you know, right. like this it's little like pocket this, of time.
1: Three day, um, yeah. you know, like basically you got married in three days and then at the end of it, you're like, bye, I'll never yeah. see you again. Um, like but peace that was out. Good.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was one guy that I did date for a bit after, but that mm-hmm. was like a. It was like it was like a destination, and we were on this little island in the Bahamas. So I feel like it was just, yeah. But like it's, and I think just like so many people, all of those different versions. Like I, I don't know. I think that doesn't change with the generations to some extent. You know? No, like, I
1: mean these are still incredibly emotional and often fraught events. Like yeah, y- where you can't help kind of placing yourself uh into the storyline to some extent like based on where you think you are in your life and what you want to be and where you want to go and do you want this are you how do you feel about weddings because like I was super ambivalent and conflicted about weddings and to some extent I still am uh but I've had one but yeah you know it's like the structure of society still forces us to think that this is a valuable commodity, right? Like, yeah, this is important for you to do. And how many, how many like Thanksgiving dinners did you go to where someone was like, You're not married yet? And you're like, Oh, oh my, my God, God. like,
0: <laughs> yeah, like, Jen, up. I mean, you know, I'm like from the Midwest, like, people yeah. were like, You're 32. And I'm like, Well, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, how, could you,
1: how could you help? <laughs> like, how could you help kind of absorbing that and all of the societal, you know, sort of drama and impact and ramifications of that and then you go to these things and you're like that couple sucks (laughs) like or or that couple's amazing and I wish I had what they do and you know like whatever
0: yeah Um, it's the whole range so uh, I I feel like if you've been to a wedding you will be able to relate and that is everyone (laughs) thank you I know I should reread it I haven't read it since like since you wrote it
1: yeah I should reread it but I, I like don't want to look back. I think.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, that's point, you. It's your life. Like right, that's it's like too that's, much. It's yeah. Too, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it's too you much. You wrote it. You put it out there. You <laughs> processed it like that's that's all good. Right. It's for other people now. Um. Well, <laughs> speaking, yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of looking back. OK, so I said you t- you tweeted about Dawson and Pacey. And I yes. was like, we have to talk about this. Yeah. So we're going to there's so many things to talk about. But. What what brought so I forget the exact tweet was like you spend I spend a lot of time thinking about the career trajectories of Dawson of and Dawson Pacey. and
1: Pacey and I have to admit okay so like when I think of James Vanderbeek and Joshua Jackson they are Dawson and Pacey absolutely so. so when I only-
0: <laughs> Only call I, and especially because I think of Pacey more often because I love I was Pacey all the way, yes. Yeah, so but I used course. to be like, Oh, yeah, like when he was with Diane Kruger for all those years, I'd be like, Well, Pacey and Diane,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's Pacey. Yeah. So yeah. when I tweeted that, um, I actually meant like where Joshua Jackson is, yeah, and where James Vanderbeek is, and I am fascinated by that because like James yeah. Vanderbeek is living on this gorgeous ranch in Texas and he's married and he just had his sixth child and like it's like he's like it's just this crazy i don't know you look at pictures and you're like what well
0: and they're like and i just read this article the other day where like his wife is very embedded in like the wellness community there but uh-huh. also maybe like the anti vax wellness community oh, there and I it's like a whole would, thing yeah, and i was like oh Yeah. Uh, Well,
1: you know, she had a natural birth and, um, and they've been like very upfront about her fertility uh, or their fertility issues at points. You know, she had two miscarriages and, um, I just like think about the big headed kid who was on the TV (laughs) and like talking in like these really complicated sentences and wanted to be Steven Spielberg. Um, and like, that and the james vanderbeek of today are so interesting to me like what
0: <laughs> right
1: um and then joshua jackson of course i mean mm. you know
0: Mm-mm-mm. he's he's
1: just as dreamy as ever aging um,
0: like a fine fine wine
1: Oh, my gosh. I just before we talked, I like was looking at pictures of him and and like pictures of him with his wife and like oh. looking at each other with these adoring glances. And I'm like, ah. and, and they did a J. Crew <laughs> campaign and they did a J. Crew campaign anyway. So who's living the better life? I don't know. I, that's probably not for me to decide. They both seem to be living great lives for themselves. Yeah, but I think it's so interesting. Um, you know, someone had tweeted back to that. Uh like Dawson's wife berates him and he works as a financial planner. Pacey is the head of the DPW making money, has the respect of the community, and throws a great Super Bowl party. And I was like, that's hilarious. Like that's wh- where that are there? <laughs> yeah, where are there? Um like character storylines versus their human real life storylines diverging. Uh and then I was looking back at like, remember that last episode? Like, uh, They gave Jen a heart condition and she was going to die. She was working as like an art gallerist or something. And then Pacey was briefly a stockbroker and then went (laughs) and then like worked in a restaurant. Um, And what was Dawson was a filmmaker.
0: Yeah. He well, he eventually creates a show called The Creek, like (laughs) about like him and Joey's friendship. So he creates Dawson, like Dawson Leary creates Dawson's Creek
1: in an amazing time loop of like <laughs> of Spielbergian proportions uh yeah he, yes he creates Dawson's Creek which is what he came from interesting yes and then what was what what did Joey end up doing she was a she was like a book editor. oh yeah a book editor <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want more for her I don't I mean I love book editors but
0: like. <laughs> yeah 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 it's just like Josephine Potter like what it, I, that final episode, I will say, cause I, you know, Dawson's, I think started in 98 and mm-hmm. I, I absolutely watched it. I felt very tied to it cause they like filmed, like we would go to like the beach town where they filmed cause uh-huh. I went to college in North Carolina Yeah, and, um,
1: yeah, and it was supposed to be Cape Cod, but it was filmed in North Carolina. Like everything. Yes. Like everything. <laughs> and they,
0: they had like taken over that town. Yeah. Um, and we used to, oh my God, like terrible decisions were sometimes made and we would just like go there in the night and like sleep on the beach. And then like the bo- some of my guy friends in college would like wake up and surf in the morning. Like what? It
1: sounds like a great decision. <laughs> I <know. laughs>
0: <laughs> but um that sounds
1: like an incredible decision then yeah. so I
0: watched the show in real time but then I also they used to rerun it all the time it used to be on like TBS or yeah. TNT or like one of those because I remember like re-watching but that final episode I used to watch a lot again because I like to make myself feel sad because it's like Jen is dying and <laughs> they all come back because Dawson's mom is getting remarried, right? I think.
1: Because Dawson's poor dad died after, yeah, after the mom cheated on him, right? Didn't yeah, he get, was he got hit by a car or something?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Was he going out to get ice cream? Yes, maybe?
1: yes. Uh, poor. Yeah, Mitch. his mom cheated, Mitch. but like
0: Mitch, <laughs> Mitch Leary, Mitch. Um, but like they come back and like and like Jen. Um, I had to refresh my memory, but, like, Jen does, like, tell Joey, like, you finally have to fucking choose. Right. Like, which one? And, like, luckily, it's <laughs> Pacey. But, like, then, and and Jack, uh, I think Jack and... Uh, what Doug. Is it? Uh, and uh, Doug!
1: Pacey's brother, right? Like, <laughs> yes, the mean yes. cop brother who yes. actually just, like, clearly needed to find his great love and then it would be all fine.
0: Yeah, and they're going to take Amy, I think, uh, oh, Amy Jen's, is Jen's daughter. Jen's daughter. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, they did kind of like, they fucked Jen, poor Jen,
0: poor Jen. But Michelle Williams has been making us feel sad for so long. She's oh, good at sad.
1: She is good at it. I was going to say that interestingly, like to me, Joey transcends Katie Holmes transcends being Joey primarily yes. because she becomes Katie Holmes. Yes. But James Vanderbeek and Joshua Jackson are still Dawson and Pacey to me yes. forever. Um, which doesn't mean they don't have great lives on the side, but.
0: Yeah. Katie well, did is you, Katie. Yeah, she's Katie. I never call her Joey. I mean, yeah. I remember that she was Joey, but I never, yeah. like, she's never Joey in my head. And Michelle yeah. Williams and is same. Michelle Williams. Same. Sometimes she's white Michelle Williams, but, like, you know. <laughs> right.
1: And <laughs> An- Andy, I don't know what happened to Andy. I don't even know what Andy.
0: her name Andy. <laughs> oh, my God. Andy.
1: Cause remember, uh, R.I.P. Right? Pacey dated Andy for a while.
0: A- yeah, he what did. Ha-
1: what happened to poor Andy?
0: Didn't she Hang die?
1: On. Hang on, let's see.
0: I think okay. she died. Well, and remember, well, Pacey, we we kick off with Pacey having a, an affair with his teacher from like the jump.
1: I f- I think about that often as well.
0: <laughs> like um, we just that was just like how they kicked off this show for teens on the WB. Yeah, yeah.
1: and I wonder, would this show? actually work today probably not
0: yeah though it did allow like it did foster in the like teens talking in a certain way uh era of like television writing for, for yes. teenagers which um, um
1: I know a lot of people criticize but I personally adore deeply um, I love
0: it to so. the depths of my soul yeah <laughs> I'm like smarten them up like you know like just give them references they would never ever know but it's fine it's fine yeah. I yeah. liked it and I, I, and I, I was loved like a little, their
1: conversation oh my their, god they're like big vocabulary words and you know.
0: Yeah, we were like big vocabulary word kids, um, even though it was like a little older than that. But they were still like, you know, ushering in that whole era of the WB, which I loved. And yes. like, I think about all the time. Um, I once pitched it to to New York mag and they didn't take it, but like that, you know, I think about this all the time column that they did. I feel like I haven't seen it in a minute, but like the WB promos, but especially the one that they do to, Oh, what a night. And (laughs) it's like all the people from all the shows and it's like the Dawson's people, the It's still when Buffy was on the WB. Uh It's like Charmed. It's like uh, Roswell. Like all of them are in this promo together (laughs) set to Oh What a Night. And it's like late December back in And they're all dancing in a nightclub. And it's one of my favorite things in life and i think about it way more often than anyone should
1: okay well but, i'm googling that and i'm gonna watch
0: it um it's an en- it's this. enjoyable oh felicity felicity's involved so felicity. you got like yeah you've got like carrie russell and like scott speedman and scott foley it's it's fantastic that was a good time but i, I was spent, gonna say <clears throat> oh go a ahead go time ahead
1: i'm watching charmed as well charmed. oh yes Got really into. I'm not sure I saw every season, but. I don't, I,
0: I, I stopped at some point. Yeah. But I was into it, you know, because it was like important people from my youth, like Alyssa Milano and Shannon Doherty. Shannon Doherty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and totally. also Holly Marie Combs, though she did not have the same impact on me, but prior to that show.
1: No. Yeah. But, you know, she's a very steady presence.
0: She is. We <laughs> needed, we needed, we needed her. her.
1: We needed her in that <laughs> sister group. Um,
0: definitely
1: and then rose mcgowan gets like oh yeah subbed in and she's like she's not shannon though she's like a different no. sister right they don't try to make her the same
0: no they don't try to make her the same it's like when shannon left um 90210 and they brought in vanessa marcil right right and then and also tiffany amber Theisen. Um, there, there was kind of like a dual, like, how do we bring in some brunette right. who's causing how trouble? We,
1: <laughs> how do we, we have to replace Shannon with, like, two women because that's her power.
0: Yeah, remember in Va- Valerie, that's uh oh, Valerie. Tiffany. But remember, she's, like, smoking a joint out, like, her, out of the bedroom at, like, the Walsh house. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that's how she rolls. <laughs> like. Uh. Beverly but you know, Hills did you see oh, oh, also amazing. Oh my God. Those early
1: episodes. Oh. I, we would like insist on watching TV in front like taking our dinner to watch the TV because you didn't even have recording devices back no. then, I don't think. Like we had to watch it live.
0: Yeah, and you had to talk about it at school. Like yeah. it, and and well that was, you know, the precursor to
1: That was before to The, Creek. the
0: Dawson's Creek because exactly. Dawson's Creek doesn't I mean it was like the first show that became a big hit like that that was literally targeted at teenagers like we are doing this for teenagers and because my so-called life came before like the year before and I think it was just a little ahead of its time though it is Mm -hmm. a beautiful piece of art and a perfect season of television but like then Fox comes with 90210 and they're like no this is for teenagers and not only that we're gonna give you new episodes in the summer which was Mm -hmm. like a revelation yes like Ugh. summer, new episodes in the summer. Like the children don't understand. We just went months without any new television. <laughs> That's it.
1: We accepted it as reality. Fine. Okay. Fine. I guess I'll do just something how else. It was.
0: <laughs> also, if you missed an episode, it might you get could, played in a rerun, but it might not. <laughs>
1: yeah. If you were lucky enough to have a VCR, you could press the record yes. button and hope that it worked
0: uh and that like your sibling or your parent didn't record over it before <laughs> you got a uh, chance to watch it
1: yeah so beverly hills 902 when i was started in october of 1990 which was like Ooh. my I, my freshman year right was it's freshman
0: year fr- yeah. yeah, yeah and it went
1: for a full decade a decade amazing
0: so those early seasons were the pinnacle, like the yes. high school years and then maybe the first college year.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: because, but those high school years, I mean, uh, it It was everything. Uh, yeah. Yes. I'm still, I, I mentioned this on another episode, but I don't know if I edited it out. Like I am bereft to this day over Dylan and Brenda's breakup. Like I think about it all the time. <laughs> I think about when, That damn, I wish I was your lover scene when Kelly and him are in that pool, when Brenda is in France. I think about when she confronts Kelly and Dylan and is like, well, if it acts, if it walks like a duck and acts like a duck, I like basically calling Kelly a whore. I. I was saying to my friend Bonnie on text the other day or DM because she was DMing all, or she was putting all these stories up about 90210 like fashion and stuff. And I was like, the number of neckties and men's suit vests that I borrowed from my father so I could dress like Brenda Walsh. (laughs) She loved a necktie, like a loose necktie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's like fundamental. Like it's, oh God, so good. And then I used to watch it. They would rerun it on SoapNet. Remember SoapNet?
1: I do. And I remember watching it. I feel like that must have been like, you know, post-college. Yeah. Um, But watching it, like, and watching it, like, it would be episode after episode after episode. Yeah.
0: Ugh, so on, like, good. Saturdays and Sundays. Like, I remember being, yeah. like, hung over on my couch and just watching, just watching like, seven yes! episodes of 902.
1: Yeah. It was healing. Ugh. Um,
0: it was so yeah, healing. I think
1: a lot about Brendan and Dylan. Mm. Oh,
0: Dylan. I have a Dylan t shirt that I bought like a year ago. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, our, Luke, I mean, uh, it, the importance of him in my life. Like, I was just like, yeah. I want to, uh. and also, I wanted to live in a hotel like Dylan McKay. <laughs> Or Eloise, obviously precursor, but like Dylan living <laughs> at the hotel, I was like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever right. seen in my life."
1: Even though, like, of course he was—he had a horrible life. He was basically <laughs> uh, like his parents kind of left him just do whatever, right? Like, he, oh yeah, his mom go live in Hawaii.
0: She was doing um, her hippy dippy crystal stuff in Hawaii, and then his dad was in jail. Yeah, and
1: then his dad
0: blows up at the end. He blows up, so- but then he faked his death. We find out. He comes yes. back.
1: So good. That was like the writers were like, okay, we're kind of tired at this point.
0: Yeah, that's when it got <laughs> everything got really off the rails. Like, but I always remember that his dad was played, I cannot remember the actor's name, but he was on I grew up watching Days of Our Lives and like NBC soap operas. And he uh-huh. played this guy, Chris Kostcheck on Days of Our Lives. And I remember he popped up on 902 and O and I was like, oh my God. And then he yeah, he blows up, but then he's not and Dylan like runs i remember the scene he's like running across the parking lot like dad and then he blows up and then i think like two seasons later he's like i'm not dead
1: oh hi (laughs) sorry oh yeah he was also in jack mckay portrayed by josh taylor
0: josh Um, taylor
1: but like what else was he in he looks so familiar to me
0: um he was um and then well and then there was also obviously like kelly went through so because you know jenny garth was on the show the whole time yeah, and I I was one time in an elevator. I was freelancing at Us Weekly, like I had gone home to the mothership, and she was <laughs> in the elevator She had like come to have a meeting at the office or something, and I was it just ha- happened to be in the elevator going down with her, and I felt like I had growth because I there was a part of my brain that wanted to like yell at her for like hooking up with Dylan when, <laughs> and I'm like, I know this is Jenny Garth, not I How mean I do, do, but this? I was just like, oh. Yeah, Kelly Taylor. But then, like all the all those many seasons after, you know, obviously we have the diet pills and things like that in high school, and like her mom's coke problem. Yeah. But oh, then they- Kelly has a coke problem later when she dates Colin, the artist. Oh after and then she is in that fire, and then she joins a cult. Like yeah, so many. They things. basically
1: <laughs> all have like someone wrote down a list of the most terrible things that could happen to you, and they're like, "Yep, let's check that one. Good. Okay, got that. Like." Almost die in a fire. Here you go, (laughs) like
0: poor Kelly. And then that girl, like single white females, her after the fire. Like, why do I remember all of this better than I remember like my own life?
1: Remember when Mrs. Walsh almost had an affair? Yeah,
0: (laughs) Carol Potter. (laughs) Yeah, Cindy Walsh.
1: Yeah, (laughs) what? Uh, And James Eckhouse. Why do I remember the parent? (laughs)
0: <laughs> and Brandon was the fucking worst. Brandon, Brandon was, the was worst. always the worst. He was so judgy and so like, oh, and like, oh, God, he was so sanctimonious. I was yeah. always a Dylan girl. Yeah. And like, ugh, like the R.E.M. playing when they break up. But then also like when he's like sitting, he like breaks into like what used to be his family's like cabana at the beach house and then he's just like lonely sitting on the beach like wearing a baja as like R.E.M. (laughs) you are the everything plays or something it's just like oh I
1: remember Emily Valentine oh Oh. oh. yeah yeah oh and then he had he had an affair with his teacher
0: um oh yeah the professor yeah Oh, I rode. I rode next to her at a, in a spin class at Equinox once when I lived in L.A. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's still in, like <laughs> it's so crazy. The things I remember from that show. I mean, I guess it is like we watched it. It was formative. And then all those reruns for all those years just really yeah. like cemented it all.
1: I guess the big question is, if you were Kelly, would you really want Brandon?
0: I think maybe yeah. not. No. And, like, well, then there's always, of course, the famous I choose me when she's oh, yes. choosing between Dylan and Brandon after Brenda's long gone, yes. doing her theater career in London or whatever she's doing. Um, the <laughs> I choose me. But yeah, like, who wants Brandon? Like, <clears throat> I don't know. Nah. I'm yeah. a nah. I was always a nah on Brandon. Brandon
1: was like the James Vanderbeek. Yes. Was the Dawson. And Dylan was the Pacey.
0: Exactly. Just, this just is some, why, you know. Yeah. This is why I liked Ben over Noel and Felicity. Like it's. Oh, know, yeah. I'm always not. I'm not going to pick the 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 one you're the good Little... on paper guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> May also be why I'm still single. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: it's why you have not compromised. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, Yeah. I can't wait. Like. I I love to you know Scott Speedman has had a resurgence like I mean again Luke it's so devastating to me that he's no longer here but his career had had a resurgence on Riverdale before he died. Like, Scott Speedman is back working a lot on television. He is on Grey's Anatomy as a very sexy love interest to Meredith Grey. He was in the new season of You. Like, Josh Jackson. <laughs> Josh Jackson has been, like, really consistently working. But, like. Yeah.
1: He's going to uh, be in the new Fatal Attraction. Yeah.
0: That's what I was going to say.
1: Yeah. I'm very excited.
0: Hazy's <laughs> going to fuck. I'm excited. Um, well, he was also in The Affair, which is. Yes. Was- yeah, I was into that. I watched every season of that show, even though it got not great. Like, I know the main the reason
1: to watch was him. I think, but yeah, uh, you
0: know, yeah. I watched
1: the beginning and then
0: the, it was I really good in the beginning. It was yeah. I thought it was like interesting. Um, but yeah, that new Fatal Attraction, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they do that. Um, All our our Gen X boys are coming back around. I'm
1: yeah. Into it. I hope our Gen X ladies do, too. I know.
0: Well, Uh, we've got, you know, Yellow Jackets has been great for some of that. And, like, I feel like there's more roles, you know, for middle-aged ladies, hopefully. I keep being like, is this because Gen X is now greenlighting shit? Like, are we in charge that we're, like, we want to see, you know, I don't know. There's, like, layers to it.
1: I don't know. I mean, obviously, male careers have always been less, you know, like, sort of challenged by aging than female careers in Hollywood but uh let's I don't know I I mean we were going to talk about maybe the babysitters I was just going to say (laughs) another love
0: of ours from from youth
1: yes Alicia Silverstone yeah the mom it's also funny to see these characters come back as the parents um I know which is like when I write young adult books I often am really interested in the parents' lives, which, like, that I put in, you know? So it's like, what's going on with the mom's love life? What's going on? Uh, But yeah, like, I I really enjoyed the giving her this, she's not just the mom hanging out. She's got, like, her own story. She's got stuff she's dealing with. You see her emotions. um, And, you know, Clueless, of course, was, like, you know, iconic.
0: Iconic. And then I also I do always like clueless first, obviously. But I, I there is a video of her feeding her child out of her mouth like a bird <laughs> right, yes. that I can never erase from my <laughs> mind. But she's delightful in the Babysitters Club. Let's talk about the Babysitters Club yeah, because she's
1: really delightful. She's so I I love her. I want her to be you know I
0: I mean I love my mom and but yes,
1: you know, if no, you had to choose another mom, maybe yeah, I, she's a great
0: she's a great like aunt like you know on-camera mom but like Mm -hmm. okay so I am assuming you were a big reader like me growing up like were you like diehard babysitters club because I was diehard babysitters club reader
1: I was I was also throwing in like sweet valley high I feel like I just read them all and I do think that when babysitters club was super popular it was almost it was almost like a little too young for us right yeah or we kind of we got the beginning and that was probably the right age and then but i kept reading them because they were like candy you know yes like um but really i'm pretty sure if i can
0: when did no i'm pretty out? sure i think like christy's big idea which is the first book and also the first episode of the this new series on netflix that has two seasons which is a delightful show um I feel like we were probably middle school when, like, the first book yeah. came out. And right. then you just got hooked in and kept reading. And then so many more came as we started to age yes. out of it. Yeah. But I was and also you, always you reading above. Kept reading. Yeah. yeah. So I just kept reading, even though we were kind of, like, matured out of yes. that level. But it was
1: such a comfort read. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm like, so it was, the first book was published in 1986. And then it ran until 2000. So that's yeah. like a huge amount of time. Um, 35 novels were oh originally God. written in the series by Anna Martin. And so Christie's Big Idea. I mean, I think I, there are some books in my life that I have gone back and read again and again and again. And that is one of them. Even when I was an adult, just like something about how it was transportive, reminding me of like, what it felt like to grow up in not a big city, kind yeah. of the suburbs, having these friends. Um, she's got this amazing idea. She's going to create something. She forms her own small business. Like she's awesome. <laughs> she's then, like, awesome. These, these different girls who are all, um, well-developed in terms of having their own struggles and their own distinct identities and challenges, uh, And they're also so sweet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And they're good friends and they, but they have, you know, they have friendship disagreements and they have personality differences, but they like under, under it all is kindness and love and respect, you know, like it's like, and I think that's the DNA has been so carried over into the Netflix show. All those things you just described, you know,
1: it's so joyful. uh, And it, They give each other space to be their own people, which is like so invigorating and lovely to see when we're in this world where sometimes it seems like there's this pressure to, you know, everyone has to be like, everyone should look a certain way. Everyone should be a certain kind of cool. Everyone should, you know, but like, no, there's all of this individuality and this beautiful individuality that should and can be expressed. And they really like, love that and give each other room for it. Um well, sometimes annoying each other, but that's just fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's great and we it was great for us to read that about young women as we were young women just coming into, you know, going through puberty or like all those things, but also to remember like the interior lives of young people are real and mm-hmm. have depth and have layers and like you know, I think having we both women, but like having been, you know, like sometimes the the opinions and the infatuations and the loves of like young teen girls and preteen girls and young women and women in general get like passed off as like unserious yeah. and whatever and it's like that's just one of the many layers and also young girls know where the shit is at you should listen to them like that they, they rule the world in terms yeah, of yeah, like yeah. pop culture but <laughs> but like also like the thing about books like that and this show for like a new generation is like no but there's so many layers like there are crushes on people and, and fights with your friend but also like you're dealing with this thing at home and you're, you know, dealing with grief and and yeah. dealing with conflict within your friend group and all yeah. those things that are just but like done with like a level of kindness and definitely and and, and, and it never so great. the
1: show never belittles any of their problems or their you know everything is just respected as well the stuff yeah. that they're going through um and and that lens turns to like. Christy's mom and what's
0: Marianne's what's, dad and Marianne's Don's mom.
1: dad and Don's mom and um, that the older people get to have these relationships and problems too is very sweet. Now they kind of did in the books as yeah. well, yeah. Um, th- so it is a pretty faithful retelling, I think. But then they've also updated it very nicely for today's world. Like I really love. Dawn's kind of like down with capitalism
0: and yeah like, <laughs> she's like she's like know. Bernie yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and like the you know let's like let's work to create a better world which I think does come from this younger generation
0: and yeah and like a fair a fairer work environment
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you yeah. know and
0: it's like and Dawn was always like the hippie one from California right And like right. The granola <laughs> she and, was like but more of a
1: granola and crystals person
0: but now she's like empowered in this activist way which is awesome. yeah yeah it's so great and like the way they take on more modern uh conversations about gender or uh like pronouns and and yeah. and uh and sexuality and and all those things are done in a very nice way in this show that feels like it's a nice modern up like telling it's
1: like up, but updating but it yeah. doesn't detract from the original or like change the original. Um, no. Yeah, it feels I wonder how Anna Martin feels. I know. I, know.
0: I got to like talk to the showrunner and some of the people involved in the show for the Jane Club like this virtual mm-hmm. panel that I moderated and and you can sense like the deep respect that Rachel the like show creator mm-hmm. like has for for Anne and Anne's work and like the love. Like it's, you can tell the show was created with love and you can really like feel that. And and, yeah. and I think they, they're like, well, we have this gorgeous text to work from. Like, well, how do we keep that and like build upon it? And I think they've done such a nice job. And I have never heard one person watch the show and not be delighted by it.
1: Yeah. I like cried and oh. laughed and I mean definitely the gamut of emotions
0: <laughs> like- I mean and I'm like Claudia <laughs> is my style icon like yes the way they style and the 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 production design and like the fashion the costuming and everything on the show is so excellent too there's like little nods to the eighties or yeah. to the past, but also they stay really true. Like Claudia was the artsy fashiony one who yeah. was obsessed with candy and like, yeah. you know, and, but like the way they style Claudia, but she's not just that, right? Like she has so many layers and to her like heritage and yeah. cultural Ugh. identity and her grandmother. I mean, I that mean, they last deal with grief. Episode of the oh. second
1: season, which I don't want to spoil for anyone, but God, I was crying my heart out. Like thankfully my husband wasn't at home. <laughs> like, I'm like, got, I've got tears are you in my eyes this right? show for little girls um, and <laughs> weeping and drinking wine.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> I have I have tears in my eyes right now thinking about it. And again, I watched it all by myself and and you should not feel like ashamed to do that anyone but you might get emotional and it's
1: it's very emotional but in like the most cathartic
0: wonderful yes. way.
1: Uh yeah, that I think that you know, the pandemic has been going on for so long, it's kind of hard for me to remember what shows I watched during the pandemic because I feel like it there the, it goes in these phases. Like, yeah. in early pandemic, I think I was watching like Shit's Creek. What that was like, oh how God. is that possible? Like, I finally finished it, I was late, but yeah, um, but then definitely first season of Babysitter's Club, right? And then second yeah. season of Babysitter's yeah. Club, which just came out. Uh, like so many shows um but it's this was one of the special ones it it is
0: it's really special and I I know so many friends who have watched it with their kids and that's really special to like introduce them and so and so many kids still read the books you know like the books are still popular and for like you know elementary school age middle school you know and then to have this show that does feel modern so it doesn't feel detached from what the reality that they might know in their own experience of being young and then to share that with a parent who might have had a beloved relationship with this material it's just like so special like when I hear and not that it just has to be daughters but obviously like I have friends who have like watched it with their you know, preteen daughters, or I mean, and it's like I'm like, what a wonderful magical experience.
1: Totally. Doesn't logo lo- logo doesn't Logan become a an honorary babysitter at yeah. some point? Oh yeah. I mean, we get a boy babysitter.
0: Yeah, we sure do. And that was, you know, that felt like kind of a big deal in like yeah. the eighties. I don't know. I yeah. mean, there's still so many like societal, yeah, bullshit gender norms. So it's Sexist, like still great yeah. to like you know gen z's doing a lot of things but like society is still society and there are yeah, a lot of places to, yeah
1: it's a slow shifting reality yeah. um yeah
0: for sure oh i love the show so much
1: i love and it I, so much
0: i mean and and who is
1: what's christy's uh little sister's name now i forget
0: uh oh shoot i forget her name watson's
1: Daughter. watson's daughter oh and no,
0: yeah we've got watson who's who's great you know mm-hmm. blended families like and, and again this comes from the original too but like the way they handled that whole situation Alicia silverstone talking about her own fertility mm-hmm. Oh, yeah and
1: the, the, i think it's i'm not sure it falls toward the end maybe it's the last one of the season i can't remember but uh like the the deadbeat dad and what happens and it's like
0: that made me uh, weep like a baby too too. (laughs) Watson I was like oh and Watson is played by Mark Feuerstein who Uh if you don't know by name you do know by face when you see him um and and, he's such a he plays
1: that character so well he's such a great little like when uh, he's such a
0: mensch he's just like
1: oh when Christy does the personality or, you know, that quiz that all the babysitters have to take to tell yes. them like, what their personal individuality, you know, where they fall on this spectrum of like what their personality is. And Watson is like the cheerleader, which he totally yes. is.
0: It's his and, love language.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. Even the, the characters, like the brothers, they're, you don't spend oh. as much time with them, but they're so good like just the little bits of time they have on screen they're all so good
0: yeah it is it's really you know and you obviously know this by writing books I keep not writing one but um you know those those characters <laughs> it's, to do to not write. it's way easier to not write a book <laughs> but I think like and, and you do a great job of this too but like those non-main characters need to be like fully developed people too and I like my friend tia always says but those people are the main character in their story just because they're not the main character in this story so they need to whether you see all of it or not be these fully fleshed out people so when they do arrive in a scene it like not only makes sense but it like adds to the fabric in like a really lovely way
1: you can't just like slot them in when you decide you want to use them you have to give them their story too yeah. think about what their character arc is, even if you don't see it on the page or in the show. Yeah.
0: Do you, um, like when you're doing characters, do you like, what is your process like to develop like a whole, you know how so many actors or,
1: or, yeah. or writer,
0: you know, like writers, like they're like, well, I know I have a whole like book basically of like who this person is or whatever. Like how, what's your process for character development?
1: Um. It's not exactly like that. I wish it was. I wish I spent a lot of time behind the scenes, you know, like developing. Yeah. But I think I do a lot more like um, I really like to sort of just jump in and start writing and see where it goes. Yeah. Which is also that's great in the beginning. And then you get to a point in the middle where you're like, oh, it's going nowhere. OK, well, <laughs> maybe I have a new idea. Yeah, um, I feel like, I'm like i like you. I think that's where you have to step aside and probably that is the point where you dig deeper and you do go back. Um, I actually was interviewing someone recently, an author, and she was telling me about how when she gets stuck, she realizes that's when she has to go do more research. And I was like, Mm. oh, it's not just me. It's not just like, you're so right. Like, I feel like that's a great thing to remind ourselves of. um, Just like, Sometimes it won't move forward because you haven't done enough of the work beforehand. Yeah, so you can you know, I have like a novel that I'm working on right now. That's I don't know, like I have 100 pages of it and I just got stuck. And I think I need to do more research um, in between, you know, like walking my dogs and whatever yeah. else I'm doing. <laughs> like, yeah. But um, yeah, I think doing it would be fun as an exercise to try to do pretty intense character depictions and like write yeah. down all of that and I think it would probably help yeah so maybe like, I'm gonna try
0: that I know I know maybe maybe that's what I need to do I don't know I, I don't think know one of the
1: curse of having been brought up through blogging is that there's such a deadline pressure on us and such yeah. a sense of like get it done get it done get it done and sometimes it's hard to make room for the noodling that is necessary because you're like but I can't waste time, you know, like, yeah, this thing. um,
0: and that, that, is- that, that is work, right? Yeah. Like that, it's or it work. might be writing something or going for a while. Like it's all, but we're just like, no, it's output, output, output. Yeah. Like how many things are you going to produce?
1: And you know what happens then you get totally burned out and don't want to do anything.
0: Yeah. And then I just lay and watch <laughs> eight Baby episodes of the babysitter's club.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is restorative in its own way. It, um, it is yeah. and
0: necessary. And to watch good, um, to read good work and watch good work is very yeah. nourishing and inspiring for me. Yes. So I, f-
1: I feel like I haven't let myself do that as much as I would like, like, and I'm starting to do it more. And maybe this is a rare silver lining of the pandemic is just that, uh, I started to embrace television a lot more Yeah, <laughs> like, and cause what else are we doing? You know? Um, yeah. But the idea of, you know, that you can't write a book if you don't read, you can't it's all all of these like storytelling you know machines they're so important to take part in and to engage with and to like witness so yeah, if you don't watch or listen or uh read stories, you're not gonna make
0: them, yeah, it seems
1: so obvious, and yet
0: I know <laughs>
1: like it's <laughs> hard to it's hard to kind of give yourself the okay to spend a day watching movies Um,
0: yeah it really is and I think it's like I think you're so right like coming from the kind of backgrounds that we came from work-wise and like the pressure and the fast pace and the (laughs) New York and the you know and like yeah and like Uh, the the result (laughs) like what how is it doing traffic is it doing you know and you're just like
1: There was a moment where I was blogging, and this is like a story that my friend and I always remind each other of, or she always reminds me of, basically, because I guess I was g chatting with her while this happened. Of course, I was, like blogging um, at the Atlantic, and I was in the middle of you know a blog post, which also it was a fucking blog post. Like I'm sure it was not intense breaking news of you know, but yeah, I was I was doing a good job. It was fine. But I had a salad like to the right of me and I'm typing furiously and, and something happens and I knock over the salad and instead of stopping to pick up the salad, I finished the blog post and then... Yeah. I pick up the salad. So, like, she's like, "Remember yeah. when you just left the salad on the floor to finish <laughs> your blog?" Such post? a
0: metaphor. Like, oh my God. don't
1: do that anymore. You know, like, <laughs> like take care of your own needs first. Uh, nothing is as important as your salad. Um, no, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> like, that is
0: such a perfect. That is so <laughs> apropos. Like, I'm like, I feel that in my soul. Like, that yeah. thing didn't exactly happen to me, but yet it did. <laughs>
1: like, I think that you know, like. Productivity and people pleasing and pushing publish and all of those things get all looped in together. And now, as I reflect on those days and what I want going forward, I mean, I definitely don't want to be like blogging and like leaving salad on the floor. No. Um, but how do you move forward in a way that feels really energetic and inspired? And you know, you're getting stuff done, but you're not like draining yourself of every creative energy that you have. Right. Uh, and for what, what were we doing
0: to what end? (laughs) Like what, you don't even know what you were writing about. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, (laughs) sometimes I like, I try not to think too much about all of the blog posts I have out there that half of them maybe I thought were decent and maybe a third of them I thought were great. And yeah, a a, a bunch of them I'm like embarrassed to even consider. Like I just, you just had to write something. How horrible is that? I know. (laughs) Like,
0: just great something.
1: Uh, yeah. So that's like the opposite of doing good work in a way, which also I don't want to say, I mean, I had, Oh been, yeah. There's we had, we had, and, we had great people we worked with great writers. Yeah, great totally. It, but, it's totally.
0: And I'm proud. Like you said, like there's a l- bunch of stuff I'm super proud of and some stuff that I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I did that. like <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you could Google it. You'll <laughs> f- You might find that somewhere. And I that's fine. Not, but- it's <laughs> like, I don't have like regrets, but yeah. I do think like, wow, what a machine we were in. And it wasn't, you know, and sometimes it's like when I, when I'm pushing myself and when I do have a deadline, like I am, there is some degree of pressure and anxiety that I need to do Mm -hmm. like some of my best work. And like my therapist was literally like, okay, so how do we get some of that with like the book though? It's because it's not sold and you're not, you're not, Uh beholden to anyone right now other than yourself you know so right. she's like but you need like a little bit of that and I do yeah. but then there was there was times when it got so extreme and you're it just like too much. J- it was too much and we burned out and that's why we needed 400 glasses of wine at the Odeon like yeah, exactly. we were just our brains were <laughs> fried
1: like I feel like it is a hard balance. Maybe it's not a balance. I don't know, but I agree. Like I, I want some of whatever that is that your therapist is suggesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, how do I get that? She's like, you need a little edge, like a little edge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you obviously have like, you have another book coming out, So I want to talk about before, before I let you go and (laughs) have your day. Um, So you did hit publish on, on that. So like, let's talk about the new book tell Uh, everyone about it because it is available for pre-order right now. And pre-orders are important for writers. So I love this.
1: Um, you know, like I think about this a lot (laughs) where we all have this spiel about like pre-orders are (laughs) important for us. And yet none of us exactly know
0: why or like everyone
1: just says that, but, um, you know, I think it, I think it is important. Um, you know, it's, I think it's like, just part of the whole thing, but it's yeah. some man
0: behind the curtain stuff. But we have all been told and ingrained with the fact that like yes. pre-orders are important, and we will tell every writer <laughs> whether I have not published a book, but I have so many friends who have, and you know, so it's like every single we just if you're a writer, this this is a thing. Yeah, that we as say. they
1: say, pre-orders are important. <laughs> pre-orders are important. I mean, I don't disagree that they are, and of course, I would love it if people pre-order. Um, but yeah, so that's debatable is coming out June 14th and it is a young adult novel. Uh, so I was on my high school debate team back in, back when I was watching Dawson's Creek and our Beverly Hills and 90210 reading the babysitters club. And, uh, It was a really formative experience for me. I started out as a pretty shy kid and debate was a way for me to find a voice. And, you know, of course, this is like high level nerd stuff, which I love.
0: Love (laughs) it. I love um, high level nerd stuff.
1: (laughs) But, you know, so so it's inspired by that time that I was on the debate team. But of course, debate and uh, the world have not stood still and things have changed a lot um and it is not about my experience on the debate team instead there are two characters two main characters um Millicent Chalmers who is the like number one kick-ass take no prisoners debater in Alabama and she is probably going to win Alabama State which she kind of needs to do for college money um and she is adamant that she's going to play this game. It doesn't matter. Like, so with debate rounds, this is Lincoln-Douglas debate. So you get, um, you get a resolution like every three months. And it might be something like, uh, you know, there's a governmental obligation to redistribute wealth between the rich and the poor. And the affirmative argues, yes, that is true. And the negative says, no, it's not true. So, Millie will argue whichever side, and this is like an important part of debate. You need to argue both sides. You need to be able to present um, a cohesive and smart argument. You need to be able to uphold it with evidence, uh, all that stuff. Uh, But so, as I'm writing this during a pandemic, I'm thinking about how the like, society is not so much a place where we even believe that we should uphold both sides sometimes. Like, yeah. sometimes the other side is wrong. And what does that mean if one of these debaters can't argue the side he doesn't believe in? So, enter my second character. Uh, his name is Taggart Strong. And uh, this is set in Alabama. So these
0: names are phenomenal. <laughs> and they are so perfectly <laughs> Alabama in, like, Millie a very... Tag great way
1: (laughs) thank you so tag is on the debate team something he kind of started as a freshman you know he he goes to a private school in Alabama which is like a more progressive private school and so they're willing to kind of let him be a little bit you know explore who he is and how he wants to argue but also they want him to win and Before a big tournament, he gets called in front of the principal with his parents, and they're like, why do you keep messing up at competitions? Why do you keep failing to argue the side that you're assigned? Um, So he's got this real conundrum of like, how do I express my true self while also playing the game? Of course, Millie and Tag end up debating each other,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: something happens during this debate, uh, which is about gun control, actually. Uh, Something happens, and they end up, together and they have an experience that kind of changes their lives forever uh where they start to like get to know and understand each other um from that you know I don't want to spoil anything yeah 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 so so I'm speaking vaguely but you can kind of guess uh anyway um
0: I gotta chill I gotta chill the
1: then they go forward and you know like Tag has to learn a little bit about how Millie does things, and Millie has to learn a little bit about how how Tag does things. And there's, you know, it's a book about, like, authenticity, feminism, um, problems in the way that the world works today, what you can do as an individual to change that, um, how to speak, you know, your truth
0: and stuff like that. So, uh, Oh, it sounds phenomenal. I cannot wait. Um. You know I love YA. It's very important
1: to (laughs) pre-order. Yeah.
0: It's got to pre-order, you guys. You got to pre-order. We don't know why, but you have to do it. Uh, Any place where you buy your books and you could call your call your independent bookstore locally too. See yes. if they want to order it for you, which is also yes. a thing that writers which will is say, wonderful. but it's also really wonderful and important. And I do know, I do know why that is important.
1: Me too. Yeah. Your independent bookstore is where, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about the other places. But.
0: Yes, but it, it is great to, uh, and you you could give them a ring and say, I'm looking forward to this book that comes out in June by Jen Dahl. And they, they, yeah. will, they might order it for you. They would
1: probably take note and be very excited that, you have an interest in this book and i yes. would be very excited.
0: So. Yes. Oh, it sounds so good. I, and you know, I love YA. I very much love YA written by you, but I love YA in general and have always read it as an adult. So, um, I think some of Me the best too. books are, are young adult. And again, that's, that's goes back to what I was saying. Like some, some people, and, and it has evolved, but some people will say that that is, they, they think that that is a less serious or less yeah. literary or less something. And a, they are always wrong. And there's Isn't so much funny, amazing funny? work.
1: Like, remember the debates of like, was it 2017? It was like, you know, ugh, adults are reading young adult literature. And now it's like, who the fuck cares? Just read something. Read what you want to read. Like, I mean, yes. we were like, we were kids. We were reading adult literature. Yeah. I'm an adult. I read both I read tons of different things and that's a great thing whatever you read just read it it's good
0: just read Um, read books read books read things read all and watch and you know just like it and that's so much like the the part of the thesis of this show is like be into what you're into and like there's nothing wrong with I mean as long as it's not you know hurting people and you know there's there's obviously extreme things but like generally speaking in like be into what you're into and don't be embarrassed about it. Like yeah. there's nothing wrong with loving something and don't let somebody tell you it's not for you or yeah. like that, yeah. that you're being gatekept from it or whatever. It's like you. Yeah. And also
1: there's such a range of, I mean, pe- some people love something. Some people hate it. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what you think and what you love. And if you really love something, definitely shout it from the rooftops. And hell yeah. You know, Go on to Goodreads and Amazon because those authors will definitely appreciate the positive reviews. <laughs> like, yeah. And if you the-
0: don't like something, and if you don't like something, here's another thing writers will tell you. And I know, and this is real too. If you don't like something, you don't have to tag the writer. It's okay that you oh, don't yeah. like it. You're, you're well within your rights to not like something. That's great. You don't have to tag the writer.
1: Yeah. It hurts us deeply. <laughs> like, I, mean, I, know, I know no one, no one cares about what the writer thinks because you're much more, and that is fine because. It's the book is a product and um, people can engage with it however they want. And that's a good thing. But, oh, God, you know.
0: Like, have your opinion. Just You don't have to tag the person so that they have no to see it. to
1: have someone, like, come and knock on their door and be like, by the way, you did a bad job at work today. Like, wait, who are you? What? Like-
0: yeah. Again, ha- you're free to have your opinions. Criticism is not – we're not silencing anyone. Just yeah. don't tag the fucking writer, man. Just it's mean. Me. Just use some – like, as – as my my boyfriend would say treat people with kindness tpwk it's harry styles birthday today so go ahead and do that like uh, it's it's just like use some kindness like think about that that is what some like what jen just described it's like someone knocking on your door and being like you suck and you're just and you're like,
1: like wait, okay wait, i was like having an okay day before that <laughs> yeah.
0: but we're, not we're anymore. and also a lot of writers have a lot of feelings oh
1: <laughs> like, yeah That can spiral us. We're we're so sensitive. (laughs) It's really obnoxious. (laughs) It's obnoxious, but it's true. I'm trying to just you know value that about myself and and exactly feel what I feel.
0: But also on the flip side, and I know this might sound hypocritical, but like if you love something, like also it's it's I have never not been happy to hear that someone loves something, even if it was a silly blog post that I wrote. You know? Yeah. Like I mean, I
1: think we're doing this like. I think a lot about purpose lately and why we do what we do and what's the point of writing and, you know, what's the point of like, and I always just come back to that if we tell stories, it's because we need to tell the story and we believe that someone else needs to hear the story. So it's like, it's partly us, but it's also this effort to communicate and, you know, have something that someone else needs to hear come out of you. Like, that is important. That is, like, your calling. It's not that people are writing books to become famous. Um, Most people probably aren't. Or rich, like, most people don't. So it's, like, really this need. And I guess, like anything, it's nice to be appreciated for trying to do something good. And it's nice to know that someone liked it.
0: Um, and, and and connection. Right. And to know yeah. that like it that like your story connected with someone is yeah. so powerful and it is at the core of why you told it, you know, and Definitely. even if there's just one person and it sounds and it's and I mean that and I think most writers do. It's like if one person connected to this, like awesome. Like I did. Yes. I did my job and I also feel fulfilled by that. That like. Yeah. My this story, whether it was my personal story or a story I made up in my head, that's connected. You know, whatever fiction, nonfiction, whatever it is, like connect, like that human connection is at the core of storytelling. And like I was, this just made me think of like Station Eleven, which I don't know if you've watched. I haven't
1: watched it, but I won't spoil anything. I Uh won't spoil
0: it, and I don't know. I never read the book, so. But I like didn't read the
1: book either. Which the, I, there's also I feel like I've heard is incredible. And yeah, I- same. I bought <laughs> it. I
0: I'm gonna do the rare reverse. I usually read the book first and see yeah. the thing. But um, this is not a spoiler. But running throughout this, one of the best pieces of art I think I've ever seen on television is this connect like this this telling of stories and what mm-hmm. stories we keep when mm-hmm. everything gets torn away and ripped away and what art do we keep and how do we survive on telling stories and how do they sustain us and like it it's it's that deep to me that show and like and then there's literal things about Shakespeare and I mean really there is Mm -hmm. they're talking about art in the in the show and and this graphic novel that uh of that is made up in the book and the show, but like, it really is. It's like, that is these things that connect us when all the trappings of modern life are gone Mm -hmm. basically. And like, but, but the stories don't go, you know, and which ones do we keep and And which ones do we need?
1: If you think about like fascist republics and places where things have, you know, authoritarian regimes and stuff, it's like, there's been this limit on storytelling. Uh, Like you can't, you don't get to hear yeah. this banned books banned like, books mean, like, I mean
0: speaking of like, a hot topic in a fucking yeah. America in 2022
1: like um, to, to, to 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 like sort of that idea that people are no longer allowed to create the stories they need to create is really fucked up it's <laughs> like, it's
0: insane yeah
1: and it is a signifier of something gone wrong so yeah
0: keep yeah. telling stories
1: for keep sure. telling
0: stories um Um, that feels like a perfect place to end even though I would like to keep you on the phone for a long long time
1: (laughs) we can always talk again
0: we will we will and we (laughs) will be back at the Odeon in hopefully the not too distant future but before then tell people where they can find you like online or Um, social or whatever
1: uh my website is jendoll.com you can order books there also you can find me on twitter at jendoll j-e-n-d-o-l-l and or that was Instagram, GenDoll. Twitter is this is GenDoll. There uh, you go. So, and Awesome. You know, whatever, just Google me. Yeah. Uh, recently, if you googled me, it said that I was a musical artist, but that seems to have been fixed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love uh I have a of course I do a Google alert on my name but like there's a lot of um young Abby Gardeners who are great athletes like in uh-huh. high school athletes and I always get very excited like when one of them does something great you were in a high soccer athlete, I was you? I was a high yeah. school athlete but um I get very excited and then there's another Abigail Gardner we follow each other on Twitter and um we don't know each other except I mean we're Twitter, we're online friends but we both get very overjoyed if we get like accidentally tagged and like it was like you know someone broke a state record and we're like go abby gardeners out there
1: (laughs) there was a jen doll who went to my dentist and uh, I, I was always like sort of thinking about how that could go awry in some way or another like yeah getting all your teeth pulled because you're the wrong gen doll or something I don't know
0: oh yeah that's that would be bad um well thank you so much for coming on <laughs> I'm like end on a happy note. end on a happy note thank god the dentist did not mix up the gen dolls um because to me there is only one and only gen doll oh, and I adore you, you. um oh,
1: thank you so much this was so fun
0: so fun and I will be right back Thank you so much to Jen. You all have to follow her, read her stuff. It's amazing. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Feel free to share the podcast with a friend, rate and review. Love that. Let me know if there's anything you want to hear about coming up. You can follow Me at Abby Gardner on Twitter, at Abby C Gardner on Instagram, at We Have Notes on Instagram, at We Have Notes on TikTok, which means I gotta do some new TikToks. I'll do that soon. And subscribe to the newsletter, we have notes.substack.com. Thank you so much to everyone who's like commented and stuff on there and who emails me from the newsletter. Those notes like make my day. I love it so much. You know one of the things that I always say that I love about doing this podcast is that it's given me an excuse or an opportunity to get good friends on the phone who maybe I don't get on the phone all the time to reconnect with people that maybe I only talk to online or friends that I haven't even met in real life that are like internet friends or people that I just think are smart and funny and interesting and make and remake those connections and it's, it's been such a wonderful, like add to my life and I'm going to be a little, I, you know, I get a little earnest sometimes, but I will say that like sending those texts or shooting off a note to someone, like it, it always feels good. And you usually get to reconnect with someone. And I did that a bit this week, um, for kind of, a for a not kind of, for a sad reason, um, and i reached out to some people from from older times in my life some who of whom that i don't talk to as much anymore because of a, a loss of someone really special and someone who was really special to to a lot of those people and and special to me but especially to a lot of people who are dear to me and um it was, it was great and i'm really glad i did it and i'm really glad i'm in conversations with some of those people again so i would say until next week like, shoot a text to somebody. If you're thinking about sending a text to somebody or a note to somebody or calling somebody, just, like, fucking do it, man. You will not be sorry, even if it's not the perfect response. Like, you'll never be sorry. I, I, I usually don't get bad responses. I get good responses, and that's nice. But, like, even just say hi. Say love you. Say I was thinking about you. Whatever. That that is my earnest note to end the show today. I will talk to you soon and I will be back on my bullshit. So don't even worry about that. Thanks again for listening.